Happy Sabbath day to all of you, my brothers and sisters in the assembly of Yahusha. Praises be to our loving Abba for his continuing guidance and blessings unto each. My beloved brethren, when it comes to lying or making an untrue statement with intent to deceive, the Bible is clear that lying is a sin and is very displeasing to Yahuwah Abba. Yahuwah hates liars, but is pleased with those who keep their word, as it is written in Proverbs 12, 22. Lying is especially detestable to Yahuwah when it is used to malign or destroy someone's character. In the court of law, you are charged with perjury, which is a criminal offense if you are found guilty of lying in the court and is punishable by law. The downfall, my beloved brethren, the first man on earth is due to a lie, which we will learn as we go along in our lesson for today. So as we continue in our lesson of the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah God, we come to our ninth commandment of Yahuwah, who is chosen people. What is this ninth commandment? Let us begin our study today by reading the book of Exodus, chapter 20, and the verse is 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What is the ninth commandment? We must not bear false witness against another or accuse others falsely. What is involved in accusing someone falsely? Fabricating stories and telling lies with an intent to harm another person. Think about that for a minute, beloved brethren. Is there any good in a person who fabricates or tells lies with an intent to harm by destroying a person's character? Of course not. There's no spirit of God in them at all. We have heard of many stories of innocent people being charged of crime because what? False testimony, false testimonies of what? Of an individual, but later on come to find out that that is certain individual who testified against them, what? Told a lie. They made up the story for an evil purpose with intent to bring harm to that innocent person bearing false witness. How great, how great is a sin is it to be a false witness? Here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, chapter 6, verse 16 to 19. These six things Yahuwah hates, yes, seven are abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speak lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. How great a sin is it to be a false witness? It is one of the seven things Yahuwah hates and considers as abomination. How evil is it to be a false witness? Not only is it one of the seven things Yahuwah hates, beloved brethren, but this sin also includes the other six. Why? Why do they do it? Pride. Love it or not, beloved brethren, proud people believe that speaking falsely about someone is a way of making them feel that they are better than the other person. How do they do it? With their lying tongue. What does he want to happen? 
shed innocent blood or to destroy who is what? Innocent. How does he use the lies? As part of their wicked plan. And they usually do it what? As the Bible says, swiftly. What is always the result? It not only destroys the innocent, but also sows what? Discord among the brethren. These seven things can be summed up with being a false witness who speak lies. Do not be surprised, beloved brethren, if we are the main target of some of these lies, especially as the children of Yahuwah God and followers of our King Yahusha in the assembly. Why? Because behind the scenes, behind it all, beloved brethren, who are behind all these lies and knowing he has little time left, he will try to deceive as many as he can. As a matter of fact, consider it in the Bible as a father of lies. Who is this certain individual? Here, let's continue our lesson by reading the book of John, chapter 8. The verse is 44. You, you are the children of your father, the devil, and you want to follow your father's desires. From the very beginning, he was a murderer and has never been on the side of truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he is only doing what is natural to him. Because he is a liar and the father of all lies. Who is the father of all lies? The devil. Also known as what? Also known by different names. Lucifer. Prince of darkness. Shatan. Why is he the father of lies, beloved brethren? Because he was the first false witness recorded in the Bible. What was the lie? Oh, you will not die. You will be like God. Remember that, beloved brethren? It was a lie with the intent to harm. Remember who he said that to? Who knows who he said that to, beloved brethren? Wasn't it to Eve? The first woman on earth? What else was the purpose of his lie? To slander Yahuwah, our God. Now slander. What is the meaning of it, beloved brethren? It's when you speak in order to ruin the credibility of others. The devil is the slanderer and best at it, beloved brethren. And what happened as a result? Adam and Eve was expelled from the Garden of Eden and appointed to die. The devil's lie led to death of all humanity because he is a liar, a slanderer, and a murderer. So when you are a false witness, you are but doing the work of the devil. What is one kind of giving a false witness or bearing false witness? Here, let us read the book of Isaiah. Chapter 59, the verse is 4 and 18. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds, then give birth to sin. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. What is one kind of giving false witness? Filing lawsuits based on lies. Beloved brethren, 
sad to say, we live now in a society where suing others for the purpose of gain has become what? The norm. What are they willing to do to obtain financial gain? Lie in court. When is the deed most evil in the sight of God? When his own people use religion as a way to convince others to lie in court in order to promote what? Their agenda. Brethren, can you just imagine a religious entity using their members to bear false witness to promote their agenda? It's happening. It's unbelievable, beloved brethren. But you know what? These religious leaders, they don't care. They don't care at all if they slander someone in court. Do you know why? Because in most cases, what do they have? They have all the money and power they need to do so. And some even has influence on what? Higher authorities. It's nothing to them to do this kind of deed. What kind of deed is this? An evil deed that makes one an enemy of God. What will God do to, do, what will God do to these people? The Bible says, he will pay them back with fury, even to the ends of the earth. Who are examples of religious authorities who use their influence to get false witnesses? Here in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, the verses 59 down to 60. Inside, the leading priest and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Yahusha so they, would put, they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Who are examples of religious authorities who use their influence? To get false witnesses, the leading priests, and the entire high council, the Sanhedrin, during the time of our King Yahusha, people with power and money and authority often can influence others to testify falsely for them. And what was their agenda? What do they want to happen? To put our King and Lord Yahusha to death. What did they try to do? to try to find witnesses, people in their group who would testify falsely about our King Yahusha. This is nothing else but the work of the devil who then gave false testimony, testimony who will bear false witness, beloved brethren. Here in the book of Mark, chapter 14, verse 57 to 58. Finally, some man stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands. And in three days, I will build another made without human hands. Now, what we read here, beloved brethren, is about some man who spoke about what they heard, what our king Yehusha said. What did he say? What did they say? We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands. And in three days, I will build another made without human hands. Now, did our, did our king, Yahusha, actually say these words? Because three years prior, what did Yahusha said? If you still remember, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. The witnesses changed what Yahusha said. How? What did this man accuse Yahusha of? Destroying the temple. But what? Did Yahusha actually say that even if 
they destroy the temple, which is what? His body. He will be raised up or be what? Resurrected. This man based their accusation on what? On misunderstanding. It was taken out of context. They heard a statement that created and created their own what? Story and conclusion. The accusation of the witnesses was a mixture of fact and fiction. It was a fact, but they twisted it to fit what? Their narrative. These men, not only were they influenced by the religious leaders, but most of all, were not given the proper understanding of what Yahushua said about his body, the temple, because the spirit of Yahuwah is not in them. They had an evil motive. Rather, they were influenced by the spirit of the devil. So what does the Bible say about their accusation? It is also false testimony. Hence, these men ended breaking the ninth commandment of our loving Abba. Do not bear false witness, my beloved brethren. As disciples of our King Yahusha, we must do diligence not to break this commandment of our loving Abba. Never, never say, oh, it's only a small lie, brother. It's not going to hurt anyone. There's a saying, beloved Brenda says, if you tell a lie and tell it frequently, eventually what? It will be believed and it will be become your reality. That path, beloved brethren, will only lead us to destruction and remove us from following the true path which is our Lord and King, Yahusha. For he, my beloved brethren, is the truth and the light that will lead us to our salvation. Our lesson will now be continued by our brethren. My beloved brothers and sisters in the faith, when we commit the sin of bearing false witness against our neighbor or against the people of this world, we do indeed commit a very grievous sin against Yahuwah himself. And in many cases, when a person breaks the ninth commandment, when they bear false witness and slander, they are also guilty of fulfilling the seven abominations that Yahuwah hates. And so it is good for us to know what we need to do to fully protect ourselves so that we don't end up becoming a false witness. And so what guidelines does the Bible teach us so that we can protect ourselves from committing the sin of bearing false witness? Let's read what it says in the book of Exodus 23, 1 down to 3. You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice and do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because the person is poor. So what we read here are guidelines that we can use to apply in our daily life across many contexts so that we can protect ourselves from committing the sin of bearing false witness. Remember, bearing false witness is the ninth commandment 
given by Yahuwah to Moses and to the people of Yisrael and to all of us as well, that was recorded in the book of Exodus 20. We go to Exodus 23 to give us guidelines so that we can properly fulfill the ninth commandment. And here in Exodus 23, there are four guidelines. Bible tells us guideline number one, you must not pass along false rumors. In other words, we should not be instruments of passing gossip from one person to the other. It's unfortunate. One of the things people do in their pastime when they get, when they get together with their friends, they like to talk about other people. And when they talk about other people, oftentimes there are rumors that come up and people pass them along. The dangerous thing about passing false rumors is that rumors have the ability to destroy the character and life of people. This is why when people speak to you about negative things about another person, we should put a stop to that because we might end up passing along something that is destructive. What else? Number two, the Bible says you must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Sometimes there are people who are on a different level than you in terms of authority in an organization, maybe in your employment or place of employment, or maybe in your religious group. There are people who are recognized as people who have authority. Well, what if this person who has authority will convince you to lie in court or to bear false testimony? And they will say to you, we're doing this for the benefit of the entire group. Bible says, do not cooperate with them by lying on the witness stand. What else? Bible says, we must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Oftentimes, the influences in our life include not just the person who has authority, but also the power of groupthink, right? When the crowd is doing something and the tendency is when people see a crowd, they follow the crowd. When the crowd tells you what is right, they begin to believe that is what is right. The power of the crowd. Bible says we have to be different. How can we be different? We don't follow what the crowd says is right. We follow what Yahuwah says is right. This is why even if the overwhelming majority of the world will convince you that a certain idea is correct. But Yahuwah plainly and clearly says, that's not correct. We must uphold what Yahuwah tells us. What else? Number four, do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. Unfortunately, as human beings, we have what are called biases, right? That's why there's a saying, do not judge a book by its, what is it again? By its cover, we tend to have personal biases based on how a person looks, based on what a person wears, right? And so the Bible tells us when we create this testimony or when we create an evaluation of a person, we must not let our personal prejudices, our personal biases to determine whether or not a person is someone that we should be with. In other words, do not let our personal biases slant our testimony. We must give true testimony no matter what we do and no matter who the person is that we are facing. Now, when we look at these guidelines, do you know what is revealed 
about us, when we look at these four guidelines, these are the things that we kind of naturally do, right? Without thinking about it. I mean, nobody thinks about passing on false rumors, right? They kind of do that naturally. Nobody thinks about following the crowd. It's something that we naturally do. When someone in authority tells you to do something and your biases, these are something that we personally and naturally do. And so what does this tell us about human nature and about human character? What is actually the root of the reason why people slander, people become false witnesses? Let's read the answer of our King Yahushua in the book of Matthew 15, verse 19. For from your heart come the evil ideas which lead you to kill, commit adultery, and do other immoral things, to rob, lie, and slander others. According to our King Yahushua, what is the root cause, the root problem of why people end up harming one another? Our King Yahushua says the problem is your heart. You see, in many cases, the root of the problem is a problem in the heart. Why? Because out of the heart comes forth evil ideas. Like what? To rob, to lie, and to slander others. And so what can we do? What must we do so that we can protect our heart so that we don't end up robbing or lying or slandering others? Let's read what it says in the book of Ephesians 4, 23 to 25. Your hearts and minds must be made completely new. And you must put on the new self, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy. No more lying there. Each of you must tell the truth to the other believer because we are all members together in the body of Christ. What's the only solution to the heart of man which makes him or her become an instrument of slander and bearing false witness? According to Apostle Paul, we have to change our heart. It has to be made completely new. What do you call that? When you change an old heart to a new heart. Surgeons call that a transplant, right? In essence, that's what needs to happen. It's called transformation, not a transplant. What kind of transformation? The kind of transformation where our hearts and our minds become completely new. You see, we cannot rely on our old heart. Because if we rely on our old heart and we just simply train the old heart with behavior modification strategies, it's not going to work. What we need is a completely new heart, a transformation, a transplant, so to speak. Well, what's the only way for us to obtain this kind of transformation that will lead to a new heart and a new mind? Apostle Paul says, we must put on the new self. In other words, it begins with being created anew in Christ Yahushua so that he becomes our head and we become parts of his body. This refers to the baptism into death, into the body of our King Yahushua HaMashiach. Many of us were already baptized into the body of our King Yahushua. You know what Apostle Paul is reminding us now? That we now have access to the power of our King Yahushua. This is why he's telling us, look, you're already baptized in Christ Yahushua. You belong to him. Now you have to do this. Put on 
the new self. Put on Christ. Because if we were baptized into Christ Yahushua, but we're not putting him on, then we're wasting the opportunity, the great power to, be, to have new minds and new hearts. And so, brothers and sisters, what we need to do every day is to choose to put on Christ. We need to pray to him and say to him, loving King Yahushua, may you please empower and cleanse my heart and my thinking. Give me that new heart. And that new mind. What begins to happen when our new heart, our new mind becomes center stage in everything that we do? Bible says we end up becoming upright and holy, and we are able to stop lying and be able to tell the truth to our fellow believers in the body of Christ. So that's the key putting on our new self, our new identity in Christ. Yahushua. What else will we be able to do when we recognize and put on our new identity, Yahushua HaMashiach? Let's read what it says in the book of Philippians 2, 1, 3 to 4. Your life in Christ makes you strong and his love comforts you. You have fellowship with the spirit and you have kindness and compassion for one, uh, one another. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. And look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. According to Apostle Paul, what will we be able to do when we recognize the life that we can have in Christ Yahushua? Apostle Paul says, that personal transformation that will happen in our life will cause us to begin to think differently about other people. What will we be able to do? He says in verse 4, you'll be able to look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. You know, a person who doesn't live for Yahushua, person who doesn't belong to him, they only look out for their own interests. It's called selfishness, right? Thinking only about self. But when a person has new identity with Christ Yahushua, what begins to happen? They look out for another's interests, not just their own. And so it doesn't mean they're not responsible about their own needs. They are. But they're also looking out for the welfare and the interests of other people. What does this tell us about people who have been transformed by the power of Mashiach in their life? They become very different from a false witness. You notice what a false witness will do? They will look for errors, mistakes, because they want to have the opportunity to destroy other people, right? And so they're going to look out for faults. We call them, what do we call them? Fault finders. And so they're going to be observing you, watching you, looking for opportunities, looking for you to slip, because once that happens, like a wolf, they come pouncing at you. But when a person's already transformed by the power of Yahushua, what they do is look for opportunities to be kind, to be compassionate, to help people. And according to Apostle Paul, how can we help people if truly we follow the spirit and purpose of the ninth commandment? Do not bear false witness. Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 29. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words 
the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. According to Apostle Paul, how can we fulfill the spirit, the purpose of the ninth commandment? Remember what the ninth commandment says? What is the literal application of the ninth commandment? The letter says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, right? However, we know in the Holy Scriptures, the Ten Commandments, whenever it says, do not do something, what does it also mean? It means to do something else. And so when our Father Yahuwah was telling us, do not bear false witness against your fellow human being, which will destroy their lives, he wants us to do the opposite, the spirit, the purpose of that command, which is what? Build up a person. Do not tear them down by being a false witness, using lies to destroy their character. Instead, you build them up. How do you build them up? By using words to build them up. Because the Bible says, when we provide what is needed, when we say what is good and right, it, it, it does good and it's effective to those who hear us. This is why we have to be careful, not careless, with our speech. Because speech has a powerful effect. The words that we say about another person, especially if we say these words to that person directly, very powerful. It can either build a person up or it can cause him to feel bad about himself and feel miserable and cause him to be on a path that is spiraling downwards. We don't want that. We want to be instruments of edification, not instruments of destruction. And so that is the spirit of the law. The Bible says, do not bear false witness. What is the highest form of fulfilling this commandment? If the Bible says, do not bear false witness, then what must we do with our speech and our actions instead? In addition to helping people be built up with our words, what also must we do? Let's read Isaiah 43.10 and also Acts 1.8. You are my witnesses, says Yahuwah, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed nor shall there be after me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, our Father Yahuwah has created human beings with a mouth, and he has given him the power of speech, I mean, I don't know of any other creation that can actually speak with words. Do you know of any? I mean, monkeys, maybe you can train them to do sign language. Dogs may be intelligent enough to be trained to understand certain objects. And maybe they can bark with a certain type of signal, right? But when it comes to actual usable speech, who's the only one given that gift? It's us human beings. You know why? Because Yahuwah gave us that ability. Because by the power of words, we can be instruments for good and for righteousness. 
What's the best use of the words that come out from our mouths? It is to witness, to be witnesses to Yahuwah and to Yahusha by telling people about Yahuwah and Yahusha, about who they are and why people need Yahuwah and Yahusha. Let us use our speech not to destroy other people. Use our speech to promote Yahuwah and Yahusha, to exalt them, to proclaim them, and at the same time, to build other people up. Isn't this the essence of what our King Yahusha said? What did he say to us? The two greatest commandments is to love Yahuwah with all your heart, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Let us use our speech to promote peace. Let us use our speech to proclaim Yahuwah, to proclaim our King Yahusha. The one who will be pleased will be our father in heaven. He gave us the power of speech and he wants us to use that well. And so when he sees that we are using the power of speech he has given us to build people up, to promote Yahuwah and Yahusha by testifying of them, when Yahuwah sees us doing this, do you know what? He has promised us. Let's read the final passage of our studies today. The book of 1 Peter 3, 10 to 12. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of Yahuwah. Watch over those who do, who, who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But Yahuwah turns his face against those who do evil. What is the promise of Yahuwah? For those who use their speaking gifts, who use the power of their speech, so that there will be peace, there will be kindness and compassion and love, instead of hate and slander. And lies. The father says to the apostle Peter, you will have life and see many happy days. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the most uplifting things that we can do is when we help other people who are in need. When we speak to them, mano a mano, when we speak face to face to them and say to them, brother, sister, I want to help you. What can I do to help? When we use our speech to comfort, when we use our speech to encourage, instead of you using our speech to tell lies and to speak evil, when we do it the right way, we are happy. I mean, think about the happiest people in the world. The happiest people in the world are not the people who have the most things, who live in the best houses, who have the best cars, who can take the most vacations. No, brethren. The happiest people in the world are the people who are able to use their speech in constructive ways to help others and to honor and praise Yahuwah. Yahuwah gave us the power of speech. Let us use it to praise him, to glorify him, and to help our fellow human beings. And you notice what Yahuwah is going to do? The Bible says, the eyes of Yahuwah watch over those who do what is right. There's so many things happening in this life. But if we know Yahuwah's watching over us to protect us and defend us, 
like a shepherd does his sheep, we find confidence and peace, no matter what happens in the world. The world may be on the brink of war. Violence may be everywhere, but we will find peace when Yahuwah is there watching us. And when we find ourselves in some kind of predicament, some kind of trouble, the Bible says he has his ears open to their prayers. Not only is Yahuwah telling us, I'm watching you. He's also telling us, what do you need from me? Because I'm ready and prepared to give you what you need. Brothers and sisters, if we want to please Yahuwah, do something good to one of his children. And when we do that, Yahuwah is pleased from above. And he will always listen to our prayers and watch over our steps, the steps of our children. We will be under the watch of Yahuwah. Think about that, brethren. If it's true that we are under the watch of Yahuwah himself, who can harm us? What evil can happen to us? Let us make Yahuwah our refuge. Proclaim his name. Pray to him and praise him forever. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Almighty, gracious Father Yahuwah. Almighty Elohim in heaven. We believe at this hour, your eyes are upon us all. Though we are from different locations throughout the world, you can see your sons and daughters. There's a special place in your heart for those who you call your own, purchased by the precious blood of your only beloved son. And so we know everything happening to us, everything we say and do, you are always listening. You are always watching. Not because you want to condemn us, but because you want to bless us. Father, we confess to you, Yahuwah, loving Allahim. We have not passed your standard, for we are guilty of speaking lies from time to time. We are guilty of breaking the ninth commandment from time to time. Father, we offer no excuses. We know our heart needs to be transformed. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our hearts to you. Help us to change our ways. Help us to be your instruments. You have given us the gift of speech. May you teach us to use it well, to build others up, not to tear them down. We cannot do this according to our own human instincts. Only by the power of your Holy Spirit can we succeed. And so loving Abba, use us as your instruments that we can do what is right, regardless of the influence of the world. Loving Abba, Yahuwah, be with us to comfort us and give us peace and guidance. Our King Yahushua, we surrender to you. May you please transform us that we may become like you. Our hearts belong to you now. May you look for imperfections. May you look for the flesh in our hearts. When you see something that you do not approve, our King Yahushua, please cleanse our hearts. Make it pure that when we say and do things, it will to be to your approval. 
and it will lead to edification. We will testify about you and about the Father. We know this is what you want. Help us to be useful instruments in proclaiming holiness and righteousness. Guide us and comfort us that we can remain faithful to you. Father in heaven, you've given us hope. You know we are sinners, but you give us opportunities to change. And so at this moment, we ask and beg of you, forgive us. After you have forgiven us, we ask you, loving Abba, be kind to your people. You said that you will watch over each and every one of us. Your ears will be open to our prayers. Listen now to the prayers of your people. Listen to what your people are telling you in our individual supplications that we have made moments ago. Loving Abba, we have presented to you our burdens, our worries in this life. Sometimes they add up and they become too heavy to bear when we can do nothing. Loving Father, do something for your people. We are not commanding you. We submit to your authority as your instruments, as your sons and daughters needing your help, your kindness and compassion. We beseech you, loving Abba, gracious Yahuwah, pour out your blessing upon our homes, upon the people we love. Remember our children. May you please move them, inspire them, do whatever you believe is required of them. Loving Abba, please watch over them. The world can be so dangerous. There's evil influence everywhere. Protect them, loving Father. Keep them from harm and danger. Father, we know the enemy targets them. Father, what can we do to protect ourselves? But you who watches over us, you who hears our prayers, we believe that, loving Abba. That is our consolation. That is our hope. We know you do these things for us. Not because we deserve them, but because of who you are. Compassionate Abba, filled with love. Loving Abba, be compassionate today. Heal your people who are sick and strengthen the faith of your chosen ones. We believe, Father, that you have listened to our prayers. You have blessed each and every one of us today. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.